were you much of a reader as a kid, Janelle? I loved reading. Wow. Some of my Nerd favorite, alert. No, I was like <laughs> obsessed with reading. I loved Judy Bloom. She was, a, was her one of my favorites. You don't remember Judy Bloom? How she was dare big for you? She girls, I think. Hello. Um, I, Judy Bloom. I'm not reading that. Yeah. And the Babysitter's Club was a Missed big deal. One. Wow. I mean, I knew In about fact, her. I had a very bad, we don't need to talk about it, but a very bad accident. I was in a coma for four days. It was crazy. And it was Someday on my way. We'll talk about exactly. That. On my way to the library. So I get to put that down. It's like, woo, I'm yeah. a reader. I got hit by a car for it. I'm saying. So we yeah. can laugh about it years later. But you know, but yeah, it was all about I didn't reading. know this about you that you were so into reading. Do you still read a lot? I do audiobooks. And it hurt to have to shift to that because I got a lot of kids and I just don't have the time to just sit. But I feel better because remember, we did a segment that they did like a brain scan and the same area of the brain lights up with an audiobook versus reading. So I feel better. Was Ron Eastwood all in like the Hardy Boys or something? Or you, you were a big fan of Huck Finn? I did read a lot of Hardy Boys. Yeah. I was really fascinated with The Hobbit, J.R.R. Tolkien's Hobbit. Oh, yeah. I was just intimidated by the length of that book. I know. It, it was kind of big. But yeah. once I got started, I was like, man, I love this. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've been a fan of the fantasy genre ever since. What about you? I was Can not we, a big reader. Because you're not now. You weren't as a child I, and you no, were getting... I read because they made me. And then you, know? you were still a nerd? Remember? You talk about well, your grades. <laughs> a different wow. type of nerd, Janelle. <laughs> I wasn't the reading type, which didn't get me in the honors classes, I can tell you that. Yeah, wow. But the reason I bring this up is because, you know, over the years, Christian people often get upset about books that kids are asked to read in school. Why? You haven't heard this? No. Ron, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, there's been books over the years that either have language we feel is inappropriate for an age group, content we feel is inappropriate. And I think many times when those objections come up, there's at least a discussion worth having. Who would have thought an article about what kids read would get my attention? And the fact that usually when someone's advocating kids read a controversial book, I'm falling on the side of calm down and stop telling me what to do. Yeah. But there's an author who's frustrated with a particular way we have kids read books that I think might raise an eyebrow for believers. Hmm. And I think the author may have a point. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. Hey, it's Brian. If you've been a faithful listener to this podcast, we're just super grateful for you. Can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us in our journey to follow Jesus a little more closely every day. But I got to remind you about something. We're listener-supported. We're a ministry of Moody Radio in Cleveland, and it's donations from people who listen to us, just like you, that allow us to keep making episodes. So rather than tiptoe, because I'm not good at that, or dance around it, because I certainly can't dance, I'm going to be direct. We need your money, your financial support. Would you consider a donation to this ministry? A gift of any amount will make a huge difference. If you want to donate, we'd be so grateful. Just go to moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Again, moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Thanks. You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. 
That's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle and I'm Brian. If you don't want to miss anything, all you have to do is just hit that subscribe button to get a notification whenever we drop a new episode. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. So we've established that we've got two readers and one nerd who wasn't a reader in this team here. Hey, you again the grades, though. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, a lot of our listening family probably loves books. And we all are familiar with the idea that Christians are occasionally in public schools uncomfortable with the books that our kids are asked to read. Yeah, yeah. It's a common thing. And so who would have thought there was another way to look at this that I didn't realize was a thing? And it came from an article from TED Ideas. So, you know, like TED Talks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of their speakers end up writing articles for them, too, summarizing their ideas. So one of them was written by an author, and her name is Caroline Paul. Here's what she writes. The other day I got rejected. It wasn't over love, but nevertheless it stung. A middle school declined my offer to speak to their kids about my latest book, The Gutsy Girl, Escapades for Your Life, of epic adventure. Now, why did it get rejected? She writes, because it would exclude boys. At first, I shrugged, said I understood and went on with other things, but the more I thought about it, the more it wound me up. Yes, the book is called The Gutsy Girl, Escapades for Your Life of Epic Adventure. Yes, it opens with the author's note that says, Dear Gutsy Girl. Yes, all the drawings feature girls. But that doesn't mean boys are excluded. It just means the book isn't about them. This, it turns out, is basically the same thing, though. If you're talking about boys, I mean. She said, I thought of all the books I had read in middle school. Shane, for starters, is a Western that centers on fist-fighting and shoot-em-ups. She said, I love the book. The only female character was a mother who, of course, falls into chaste love with the hyper-masculine duking and gunslinging Shane. Then there was the Red Badge of Courage, which takes place in the Civil War battlefield. Love that too, but I don't recall a single female character. These books, storylines, and many more were as far away from my life as a girl as I could imagine. Yet no one excused me from reading them. And for that, I've been very glad. Then I heard a disturbing story about a writer who had also written a book that featured girls. When she attended a school assembly to speak to the kids, she saw that many of the seats were empty. Boys, it turned out, were excused from the program. So girls are expected, she writes, to read books about boys. No one thinks twice about whether or not we should attend the assembly. But boys are immediately excused. You see where she's going? She said, we read, in general, to experience a panoply of perspectives. (laughs) I should say that more often. Panoply. Panoply. We read to learn of people in situations outside and beyond ourselves so we can deepen our connection and understanding. We read to prepare for life. It follows, then, that we are raising our boys to dismiss other people's experiences and to see their needs and concerns as the center of things. We are raising boys to lack empathy. In fact, if you want to take this maybe to the extreme, the writer who said she attended the assembly that only had girls in it because the boys were excused because it was about girls... She says that the agreement that boys shouldn't read about girls, in fact, is shameful because what it does is it's an agreement that leads to essentially what she would say rape culture. Like, 
boys being sensitive and empathetic to what girls experience in life is something that's taboo. Therefore, it's teaching boys to not be empathetic about what girls experience in life and therefore creates boys who are not empathetic to women. And therefore, rape culture... I yeah, which feels a little yeah, that's extreme, like no? a leap. Huge leap. Yeah. <laughs> Huge leap. A ginormous leap. Yeah. But you kind of see where she's going here. She's saying, wait a minute. You're asking my kid to perhaps read about a sexual encounter for a teenager. But you're, get, you're excusing boys from reading a book about girls. Yeah. And we're asking our girls to only read books about boys. F- sit on that for a minute. Even think for a minute about the books you read as a kid. Yeah. How often was the hero actually a heroine? And what are we to do with this as Christians? Now, her basic concept would be, wait a minute here, there's essentially a double standard. Because we expect girls to read stories about boys, but not the opposite. Now, think back to your personal experience. Is that true in your personal experience? Yeah. Yes. And she's not just talking about the stereotype, but also what boys are missing out. Like, we do boys a disservice when they don't read stories about girls. Do we? I think so. She talks about you're raising boys to lack empathy. You know, and seeing there's the girls part. She talked about people of color learning. I know. Well, no, we're not boring. (laughs) But learning to see the world through other people's perspective. Mm -hmm. That's the benefit of reading books. I mean, there's the fun and the stories, but it's perspective and, and getting in other people's worlds and seeing things through people's eyes and to dismiss more than half the population if we're talking about boy girl thing. I think it's a disservice to boys in their development and men in general. And so often we grow up to be men and and our stereotypical comment is girls are so hard to understand. They're so confusing. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Because we've spent 18 years avoiding books written from the perspective of a girl. So we're essentially agreeing with her thesis that Boys are not expected to read books about girls, but girls are not definitely ex- expected to read books about boys. Not expected and even discouraged. Yeah, it's looked at like one of the books that a couple of my kids read for years is Little House. And when they share it, people like give them a weird eye, like Little House that's about girls, you know, and, yeah. and with Laura and and her sisters, etc. So Minnesota, I think it's, by the way. it's dis- <laughs> she is, mm-hmm. it's discouraged and. It's not just this author with this article, but I was sharing with you, Brian, off air. Did you know that J.R.L. Tolkien, her, no, what am I? J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. Her publisher, when she first came out with the book, encouraged her. Harry Potter encouraged her to use initials because it said here, anticipating the possibility that the target audience of young boys won't want to read a a book written by a woman. And that's why Hmm. she uses... J.K. Rowling. And so I wow. think it's a, yeah, isn't that crazy? It's a, be true. Yeah. Which supports the theory of this particular writer. But yeah. can't you picture in your mind a Christian dad calling the, the English teacher and yeah. saying, listen, I don't need my son reading about babysitters. I'm raising a, a man. Yeah. Hmm. You don't want your boy to be soft. Right. You yeah, want there them is to a read. difference in in between boys and girls, yeah. 
And I don't need my little boy reading about girls crying and having slumber parties because I'm raising a man. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but isn't that something we could definitely hear someone complaining about? There's a segment that would be like that. Yeah. And yet I find it interesting. I would never complain about my daughter reading about a hero boy doing boy things. Yeah. Like I remember one of the books I remember reading as a kid in school was I was required to read Hatchet. Mm-hmm. Remember that book, Hatchet, or was that just Sounds a Minnesota familiar. thing? I don't remember. It was about a kid that had a hatchet, ends up in a plane crash, survives for a long time. Oh, the cool. end. I mean, I just ruined the book for you. <laughs> okay. But there's no girls in it. It's about a little boy who would like is a hero. Yeah. And so is there something here for believers to consider? And I think it's connected to what you said. Even in the church, you've talked about this. There's a term. I keep forgetting terms. This thing of how we're defining manliness. And so as a dad or some moms will want your boy to to read about books to teach him how to be adventurous and brave and courageous. You're not going to get that from reading, reading about little girls in the kitchen or little girls in their feelings. But who said that's manliness in terms of you got to be out there cutting trees and chasing pirates? Well, and you know what? (laughs) what's also fascinating is what we're doing with this is we're presuming that stories about girls must be about feelings and domesticity. Yeah, because I'll give you a couple stories my boys have read that are about girls and it wasn't about in the kitchen. Yeah. Think about the, the movie Hidden Figures about African-American women who ended up helping solve problems with NASA to be able to yes. get people to the moon. And if that's the case, I mean, th- that's heroic in a sense, and yes. it's academic. So I think that we, again, are seeing pop up, not just in culture at large, but I could see Christian families not feeling comfortable with their boys reading girl books, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I know they get kind of comfortable with a little boy pushing a stroller, yeah. which we'll get to that in a minute too, but... I think what we do is we take a truth in culture, the truth being this. Our culture is blurring the lines of gender, and God doesn't. He created male and female. They are different biologically. They are different in even how they think about life and how they operate, right? And their roles in society and in church. Yeah, It's clear in Scripture. And God has also certainly created the idea of sexuality being between one man and one woman in the covenant of marriage for life. That's what God created. And our culture is changing that. Yes. And I think what we've done yet again, and we're seeing it pop up in this situation, is we're, we've allowed that ourselves to overcompensate and let the pendulum swing far away from that as we mm-hmm. possibly can so that we might end up actually causing more problem for our yeah. own kids than we realize. But like you said, we struggle as a church and as as believers with defining male-female roles and swinging the pendulum too much in one way for fear of raising men especially that are too feminine, right? And so we struggle with what is femininity, what is true masculinity. I, I think the bold truth in this is that, yes, we as Christians have the unique perspective now in society that there's two different genders distinctly yeah. made by God and that marriage is designed for man and a woman in the covenant of marriage, one man, one woman for life. That's okay? right. So we get hyper-focused on this, the society, our society doing it differently, and I think we overcompensate to the point that I think even before this became a big issue, there was still this fear in the heart of a dad or a mom that – if I let my son read 
Little House on the Prairie. If I let my son read Babysitter's Club, will this make him effeminate, transgender, or gay? Yeah. Like somehow reading the book, it's got like a virus in it, and the virus is gay. Yeah. And he's going to catch it if he reads it. Yeah, and, it doesn't work that way. And for the less extreme part, there's most of us that maybe are concerned about, well, am I teaching my son to be strong and courageous and not soft and too tender? And so, first of all, I think there's a need, even like in the individual level, forget the church, just as a family, really defining and understanding what is masculinity what is femininity, although that one we don't struggle with as much in terms of this context. But we talked about how we struggle seeing men in the kitchen or little boys pushing a stroller, oh, playing I, with a doll. <laughs> so some of the more controversial segments I've ever done in, in Christian radio are talking about whether or not little boys should play with dolls and or push a stroller around. Yeah. And the, the comment about men in the kitchen, and yet you look and the top shelf chefs that you see on TV yeah. and in the media are men. Yeah. And then we want, as believers, we know that a, a man should be helping and involved with their children and helping in the home. But how do you then separate? Okay, so you're raising little boys to not read about girls and really get into their world, to be all about cars and not play with dolls, etc. So how do you shift that suddenly? And say, well, yeah, kids are about you, too, and you are in the kitchen. What I was going to say when I said it earlier, that boys miss out when we don't do this. It's not just, well, girls saying, read about us, too. You, the boys miss out. Yeah. So as I homeschool, some of our favorite, favorite books have been, I talked about Little House in the Prairie. Two of my boys, including my oldest, read several, like five of the books in the series and loved it. And fell in love with Laura and yeah. about her story with her, sis her sisters. And Ameri your boys aren't wearing dresses now? No. They're like... Wow. Yeah. Miracle. <laughs> I know, right? And I'll tell you what, it's, what I've seen it's done for them. American Girls, as a history kind of supplement... We like American Girl Dolls? American Girl book series. So every doll... Oh, we read them chronologically. So it starts off with Kaya. She's Native American. And so, of course, that's featuring like late 1700s. We read about one of the girls who we then went to Williamsburg. She lived in like early America in the East Your Coast. Your boys read those? We read all of them. Every girl has about five books. It took us three years and we read them chronologically. And another favorite book is Where the Mountain Meets the Moon, and it was written by Grace Lynn. She's Asian-American, very adventurous. One of my boys who's very, like, hearty and all about the outside started off the book like, oh, this is going to be boring. And when he realized all the adventure, he was like, man, this is amazing, which is what you're saying. It's not just being in the kitchen and being in your feelings. It's letting them know girls can hang with you, too. I like that, number one, when people have commented to them about, y'all read Little House in the Prairie or American Girls? That's so girly. My boys have responded with like, what are you talking about? It's a, a girl, girl, boy, little kid. But you realize thing. you're the exception. I didn't realize it because you're kind of in your world with homeschooling. Mm -hmm. With people's reactions, I realized that. Like you are definitely yeah. the exception. Yeah. I, I, in a good way. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Be, because I, I, I'm seeing this as a real thing in that, like, if I'm holding a baby, like an actual baby, no one's going to go, oh, you're so feminine, Brian. 
Or if I'm pushing my child in a stroller, no one's going to be like, wow, dude, yeah. mm-hmm. look at you. Yeah. What are you, some girl? I know. <laughs> but if I let my son pick up a doll yeah. and cradle it like a baby, suddenly there's a problem here. Yeah. And then we transpose that same concern with books. Right. Where if your son is reading a book about a, a girl, uh-oh, watch out. He's about to become transgender. Yeah. And there's a difference. Like there are movies made with the female heroine, yes. uh, Mulan or some of those. And I don't think it's the same because the same. a book goes into much more detail of the thought yes. where the movie might just have an expression on her face. Well, Mulan pretends to be a boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's <the> whole, <laughs> yeah. To, to get yeah. into the world of boys. But we never fear that if a girl reads The Hobbit, she's going to become a masculine lesbian. Right. And so what do you miss out on? And as a believer, why should I do this? If you look at scripture, Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Whoa, 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 whoa. Exactly. Girls need to be tenderhearted. <laughs> right. Tender? Right. Yeah. And I think there's some other passages of scripture we ought to look at in this yes. that I think might change our perspective a, l- a little bit, let alone some books of the Bible that might cause us to shift our thinking on boys reading books about girls. You know, I've, this caused me to really think. It's an article Janelle found about, it's called Why Boys Should Read Girl Books. And again, an author wasn't allowed to speak at a, at a school because her book's about girls, therefore it excludes boys. And it's really kind of, when you think about it, it's a silly double standard. But yeah. I think there's a lot of a lot behind this from a faith perspective and that I think we have overcompensated yeah. because of a real concern. And the real concern is the blurring of gender lines and the, the normalization of homosexual behavior which God obviously is not in favor of that. But what we have to be careful of, I think, is not overcompensation. I think, honestly, that's why we have a lot of problems in men's ministry mm-hmm. of men, you know, to be a man, now you have to go camping and climb yeah. a mountain. Yes. Sounds good. Which I do not want to do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. Either of those things. Yeah, yeah. So does that mean I'm not a man? Like we're, yes. we're overcompensating and I think we're missing out on a lot of things in scripture. And you found a bunch of passages that I think illustrate how we've really got to rethink what it means to be male and or female. Right. And so in Ephesians, I shared it first. Paul says, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also forgave you. So obviously he's speaking to believers, men and women. And just that word tender hearted, it's like, man, you know, that fits into it, obviously, to who you are as a man, as a believer, you are called to be tender hearted. But what if Len said that? What, what if Len looked at your boys and said, come on, boys, tender hearted. You got to be more tender-hearted. Yeah. New rule. He doesn't. He doesn't obviously say that like this because you're you're doing a caricature. But he does stop the boys and make them think. For example, when they're approaching or talking to their sister, or comments they say and reminding them how a girl would receive that versus their little brother. And I'll talk more about how we apply. Both things, not just scripture, but the things they learn in books and how Len helps them apply it. First Peter 3.8 says, be kind-hearted and humble in spirit. Colossians 3.12 says, uh, so as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, gentleness, and patience. Those are all words that I think in the context of what we're talking about with what we're teaching boys to do and what we're looking at, what manhood looks like, it just feels effeminate, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like, well, that's a girl thing, gentleness, 
Be gentle. Right. And to take it even in a more uncomfortable step, yeah. you're saying Len's talking to your boys about when they interact with girls. Yes. But in theory, and I think in actual practice in the passages themselves, doesn't it imply that men should be tenderhearted and gentle with each other? Even with each other. Exactly. And Ron Eastwood, he's so tenderhearted. That would be like, like, well, that. wait a minute. Here. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about that. Yeah. But- it's true. Yeah. And you can be that stereotypical man that you're talking about, all about camping and all hard and be beefed up like you, like all cut. You can be that yeah, I'm very, and yeah. be tenderhearted. It's how you engage people and interact with people, which is what brings me to, as a believer, how I've helped disciple this into my children. I was telling yeah. you off air. We compartmentalize the ideas of tenderhearted and gentleness. So I think, in theory, we'll sit our kids down and be like, you know, the Bible says be tenderhearted and be gentle and humble. And then you do, we do what you said. Okay, now, okay, let's be a man. And here, read about boys and be brave and courageous. And you got to understand girls and be gentle. But, okay, how do you help them understand, okay, how do I apply that yeah. to how I engage girls? How do I understand? I'm, and I'm bringing up girls because because of what we're talking about, but sure. it should be anybody. And so the advantages, I've shared all the books. There's been a lot of books that my boys have read about girls and how I've seen it spill out into how they engage girls. And my son is 17, and a lot of his friends are girls. You know, so it's not just sisters. He's a ladies' man like his father. No, and in fact, you know what he tells me? (laughs) He tells me, man, I've turned into this friend where people, like, pour out their problems. And I promise you, I really think, and he's even helped me with some of my mental issues uh, or, like, worry, et cetera. I I think he has a sensitivity with the way women— Right, he's tenderhearted. So, number one, when we read books about girls and their world— Their feelings about puberty and insecurities about the way they look. Like Ron said, these are pages and pages of a girl, like, all in her head about how are people going to see me or I'm struggling with these emotions and hormones and how it looks like in their everyday life. I got a girl that's nine now, and she's all about, she's about to start puberty. And so we're navigating some of that. It is not that hard now to when my boys say certain comments, which they have, they're not perfect, for me to pull them aside and bring up characters that they've identified with. Really? Or bring up concepts and say, do you, how do you think your sister feels about this? You know, when we've read some of these books and we've discussed it, it's brought up my own stories and told them, man, yeah, I struggled with this. Me being that girl and nobody wanting to sit with me. And so now that humanizes the insecurities they now see in girls in their swim team or girls in their class. So when we talk about it, it's more uh, relevant to them. When we talk about it and try to unpack that and for me to say, talk to her about it or try to process this with this person. Remember how girls process these emotions. It makes me wonder aloud whether or not if we're concerned about how we help Christian men in particular stop objectifying women. Yes, wouldn't it be to humanize them when they're like when they're boys? Wow, that's deep, because that is a huge problem. It is, yeah. And if you were reading about them and understood them more, yeah, they'd be more three dimensional, so to speak, yes. than just a sexual creature. One example with an older boy would be when they see girls that don't dress appropriately, 
when they understand the insecurities a girl goes through. Yeah, like or why she all would the do emotions. It. Yes, I can kind of remind they need reminders because they're not perfect. But kind of remind them, can you imagine what she feels like when she's getting dressed? She wants to be noticed and the insecurity she's going through. Now to my son, it's not just, oh, look at this girl, she's dressing this way. It's like, man, I wonder what she's feeling. How can I help affirm her? The last point I want to bring up, which is a benefit I've seen in my sons, and this is like more than a decade of reading books about girls, is they buy into a character. They fall in love. So especially American girls, it's five books per girl. It took us three years. So you buy into her and you you kind of fall in love in the sense with this girl. So now when we've had characters in the story, like a boy character tease her or a brother mistreat her, they can kind of be in her world and see it from her perspective differently than from the boy teasing the sister. Yeah. Hmm. And it just transforms them. So now when we look at Ephesians 4.32 and see Paul saying, be kind to one another and tenderhearted in their lives with women, now with sisters or with friends, later with wives, they understand how to practice that in everyday life because they've learned how to see the world Hmm. through a woman's perspective. And see, what's so good about what you're saying is that even though it makes many people uncomfortable because, I got to be honest, it would take me a minute to really buy into the idea of my boys reading American Girl books. Yeah. Okay. But I'm seeing the benefit of it, and I'm seeing even the consistency of it in Scripture, where you've given specific passages. The Book of Esther. Yes. You brought that up off air. Like, she is an absolute, no question about it, risk her life for everyone hero. Yeah. And the book of Ruth has to do with women making tough choices Mm -hmm. and caring for people. It's self-sacrificial. I mean, there's so many lessons to learn. And their lives when they're in Ruth, lives of women and their struggles when they lose their husbands. For a man to read that and understand that and... Women are not just vulnerable, but I'm saying even understanding us in that space when we are vulnerable yeah. and, and how we're strong in that and how we can overcome. And if we're trying to raise up our children, our young boys, especially to be leaders, and they're stuck with this man-only perspective, yes. they're only going to be half as effective as they could. Oh, that's right. If they, I, oh, my God. Yeah, yes. if they become yes. a, a boss over a group of people— and roughly half are women and half are men. And they look at this one half and they're like, why are they always, you know, this group's always chit-chatting away. And then they start crying and yeah. and half of them run off to the bathroom at weird times. And, yes. you know, yeah. all of this. Well, if you read a few books, maybe you'd understand better. Yes. I love that you say that because my son, my oldest son, is very much a leader. And he has a lot of EQ. He gets people. And so it's not just understanding women, Mm -hmm. but a lot of these books that are written by women or are about women empower the reader with emotional intelligence that other books just don't. And it makes a man into a whole person. And so I've talked to him about leadership. It's not just about telling people what to do and and being a good manager and all of that. It's understanding how people interact. Even a man in your group, if you're a leader, understanding what he may be dealing with at home and how his engagement with his wife is affecting the workplace. So I love what you say that. It's Mm -hmm. not just, I mean, the soft skills prepares our boys. For all the things you're dreaming about for him, it's part of that. 
and it's things you may not find. I would almost bet on it in a management bachelor's degree or mm-hmm. master's. A lot of those things are not taught. Yeah, such powerful words, Janelle. So grateful for your experience and expertise in this. And I think it's motivating for me and many other people likely to stop making the focal point of our fear the worldly poor perspective on sexuality and gender. Let's stop staring at that and reacting to it and start looking at biblical thinking when it comes to being just a tender-hearted believer. Yes. And stop fearing that. Mm -hmm. Powerful stuff. Thanks so much, Janelle. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So look down, hit that button right there, subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us. How? A five-star rating. You can also hang with us live weekday 6 to 9 a.m., interact with us, talk with us, download the Moody Radio app. Or at brianandjanelle.org. And we don't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind all this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Well, Brian, that's a wrap. Yep. <laughs>